Well, good afternoon. If you have your Bibles, please open to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, as we go into this brief time of confession, um, I want to give just a basic exhortation that I'm going to expound on, and it's simply this, beware of hatred. Beware of hatred. 1 John chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. That's why I say beware of hatred. Because in God's eyes, hatred is equivalent to murder. Matthew 5, 21 and 22, Jesus says this, As you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who hates his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. And we know very clearly that Jesus often pushed us to go beyond mere externals in terms of practically living for God and following his commands. It's not enough to have a squeaky clean outside if the inside is rotten. Some of his harshest condemnations came against the Pharisees, whom he called whitewashed tombs. They were all clean on the outside, but inside he said they were full of dead men's bones. And so I think that is why the Apostle John in 1 John 3 is dealing with this issue as strongly as he is because hatred is equivalent to murder. Ephesians 4, verses 26 and 27, the Apostle Paul says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. I think he says this because anger left unchecked can easily and sometimes quickly degenerate into hatred. We must be oh so careful to guard our hearts and our minds against the subtlety of hatred because Satan will tell us that it's okay to hate and our own indwelling sin will quickly, quickly agree and then give a thousand justifications as to why hatred is okay. We must beware of hatred because it is relentlessly looking for any way to gain a residence in our hearts. And it needs to be said about hatred as it does about any other sin, hatred is much easier to resist than to remove. Hatred is a vile and corrupting influence. It darkens our hearts. It blinds our eyes. And the really scary thing about it, if what we've already heard isn't scary enough, is how easily hatred can hide itself. Um, As we said, we can look squeaky clean on the outside, and to the outside observer, we may appear 
to be a loving person even and seem far away from hatred. But according to our Lord Jesus and John, hatred is equivalent to murder, for hatred is essentially wishing death on someone, even if that wish is never actually carried out. And I think John mentions Cain to show us what happens when we let internal hatred express itself in external actions. Verse 12, again, he says this, We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. And so let's remember that story from Genesis chapter 4. I will turn there and read this. You don't have to, but just listen as I read. It's after uh, the fall, Adam and Eve um, are out of the garden. They, they have a child, it says in verse 1, And Eve conceived and bore Cain and said, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. And in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering... But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is to master you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to, his, to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And so what's the point? Hatred will find a way to harm those it hates. Hatred will find a way to harm those it hates if we don't wage war against it in our hearts. It may be physical harm, harm to someone's resources, harm to someone's reputation, but it will inflict harm in any number of evil ways. But make no mistake, it will seek to harm others if we fail to fight it with everything that we've got. So in conclusion, I want to make a few exhortations and then ask several questions and we'll pray. First exhortation, be on very diligent guard against hatred. For it is an insidious foe who only seeks to corrupt and destroy Plan ahead in your heart and mind. Settle it ahead of time to wage war against hatred so that it gains no ground in you. The single greatest weapon against hatred that we have is the cross of Christ. When Jesus died, if we're believers, when Jesus died, we died with him. And if we died with Jesus, then the penalty for our hatred has been paid in full. But there's more. My hope and your hope, our hope for overcoming hatred is the cross because there Jesus purchased not only our pardon for hatred, but the power of the Holy Spirit to resist hatred, to wage war against it, and even as Paul says in Romans 8, to put it to death. And so we must look to Christ. We must cling to Christ and to his cross that we would slay any hatred that may be lurking within. And so here's some questions and then we'll pray. Have you been giving safe harbor to anger such that hatred has a place to grow and fester? Second question, have you already let it in? Have you nurtured it and fed it? Have you taken care 
such care of hatred that it has now even changed you and taken you over. Um, Again, look to the cross if your answer to that is in any way yes and find pardon for forgiveness and power to overcome it. So let's pray. Take a few moments and I'll pray. Father, while this may not apply to every one of us in this room, it is most certainly a truth we need to hear. It is a truth we need to embrace, a truth we need to hold on to. God is one of the most important tools in our belt, if we want to think of it that way. One of the most um, important weapons that we can have is realizing how big of an enemy hatred is. Lord, the wishing of death upon another person made in your image. God, thank you that you are merciful to sinners. Thank you, God, that um, you provided a way for hatred to be forgiven in the cross. Thank you that you have provided a way for hatred to be overcome through the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit. But God, help us be honest with our own hearts and our own lives Lord, if there be hatred in any of us here today, help us to confess it for the evil and sin that it is, to receive forgiveness, help us repent and forsake it, and help us daily cling to you to put it to death and walk in the way of love. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.